Welcome to the Lost Gardens of Heligan podcast, Beauty in All Things. I'm Alistair Moore, Head of Gardens and Estate, and each month we'll be revealing the inner workings of Heligan in all its glory, from soil to seeds, bulbs to bees, past, present and future, all from right here in the Lost Gardens of Heligan on the Cornish coast. Hello there. And welcome to Beauty in All Things, the Lost Gardens of Heligan podcast. You find me today in one of my very favourite behind-the-scenes, tucked-away spots in the whole garden. I'm in Mary and Jane's glasshouse. One half is full of a potting bench, compost, all the standard horticultural accoutrement. But where I'm sitting right now feels like another world, or at least... Another season. The air's fragrant with attar of rose, hints of citrus and peppermint, and that lovely bass note of musky geranium. I am surrounded by pots of delicious scented pelargoniums, glorious foliage all billowing out against the terracotta. The sky outside may be dull and cold. But in Mary and Jane's glasshouse, it is, as always, full of the scents of summer. But I'm not here to talk about pelargoniums and summer, but rather the delights and beauties all to come at Heligan this spring, as we delve into a world of bulbs, buds, and even babies of the four-legged variety. In thinking of the seasons that lie ahead, there's nothing quite so emblematic of the year's promise as the spring bulb, that store of energy and potential waiting to burst into leaf, the force that through the green fuse drives the flower, and all that sort of stuff. One of the splendid things about bulbs at Heligan is that they are not only beautiful, but they can also be incredibly tasty. So we'll be finding out not only about daffodils and tulips, but also onions and shallots, both in bulb and seed. To that effect, I will be chatting with queens of the ornamental garden, Mary and Jane, about planting bulbs in pots. And then we'll be heading to the melon yard to speak to Anna about onions, and then to the kitchen garden with Yoko and Archie about shallots. And as if that was not enough, we'll be discovering bursting buds of magnolias with Chris and pay a visit to Heligan's home farm to hear from Pip just which tiny hooves, feet and trotters will be going pitter-patter in 2022. So here we are in um, Mary and Jane's wonderful glasshouse, one of my favourite places in uh, Heligan, to be honest. And I'm with these fine ladies. Mary, would you introduce yourself? I'm Mary Crowell. And how long have you worked at Heligan? 29 years. All in the gardens? No. The first 12 months I was in the office, but I preferred it outside, so uh, I started weeding outside and they thought I did a good job and offered me a job. Excellent. And 28 years later, you're still weeding away, but not just weeding, and you have a partner in crime. Jane, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Jane Rowe. 
and uh, I started at Heligan 17 and a half years ago. What did you do before you were at Heligan? I worked as an insurance clerk, so a Not big change. You. Big change. Big change. I wanted something that was people were happy to come to, I think, yes. Not many people like to pay for insurance. <laughs> so that's right. No, that is true. So it was lovely to come to something totally different. And you, you came. We, you, you were drawn in by Mary because you. There is some connection there. Isn't there it? is. Mary's my sister, so I was quite lucky to be able to get a position here. Probably because of that reason. <laughs> and uh, you said Mary was your supervisor. Yes, you? yes. Mary was my supervisor and a really good one. Well, she. I bet she was very relaxed and didn't give you a hard time at all. Being her sister didn't make any difference whatsoever. In fact, probably worse. I probably got the worst treatment, actually. <laughs> so, ladies, we're going to talk a little bit about bulbs because for many years you've been looking after the ornamental um, bulbs in pots. And I just wonder if you tell me a little bit about the process. What do you, what do you start with? Mary, is it the narcissi? Yes, we usually start with the um, paper whites because they're the first, the early flowering ones, yes. Oh, yeah. lovely. Do you like the scent? I do, yes. Good. Yes, Me yes. too. They're <laughs> yes. And Jane, what after the paper whites? Paper whites, usually, we try and do it in order of the flowering. Um, so we do Jack Snipers usually next in early uh, February gold, followed by Tater Tate. Then Topolino, which is a lovely one. Martinet is a scented one. And then in for mid-April, we plant the Cheerfulness, which is in white and yellow. Lovely. And t- tell me a bit about uh, the... What do you plant them in? Um, what's the sort of, what sort of mix do you put them in? And how roughly how deep do you, do you plant the bulbs? Right. Well, we usually stick to like three times the size of the bulb. Like, yeah. And then it's in peak-free multi-purpose compost beautiful yeah um, and what else have we got because i look outside this beautiful glass house and i can see ranks of terracotta pots with compost and little tiny shoots of green coming up what have we got coming we've got um tulips lovely and hyacinths um we usually just do two varieties of hyacinths yeah. Um, what colours are they? Um, blue and white. Yeah. One's blue oh, and one's white. Yes. Yeah. And then the um, tulips are usually Angelique is a favourite of everybody's, isn't it? We use yeah. that. And what does Angelique look like? It's a double tulip, pink double tulip, and Gorgeous. it is. It is. It's lovely. And then the china pink and the queen of the night look nice together as well. So. Oh, um, can't wait for those. Can't wait for those. And. Um, Mary and Jane, thank you very much for thank your you, time. Alistair. Thank, thank you, Alistair. Thank right. you. Thank you. See you later. Well, now I'm in the Melon House, which is in the middle of the Melon Yard, rather unsurprisingly, but it's that beautiful, um, elegant, simple glass house, all whitewashed walls and beaver tail glass. And I'm still on the trail of all things bulbs and I'm here with Anna and Anna has been working in productive gardens since uh, the summer and 
while she's not actually planting a bulb, she's going even further back and planting seeds. So, Anna, what seeds are you planting today? I am planting out some onions. So I've got two varieties I'm doing, um, sweet Spanish yellow and long red Florence. Sounds delicious. And just describe the process, if you would. Yeah, um, so I have some trays filled with compost um, and I go along um, with my high-tech tool. I've got a pencil here. <laughs> and luckily, the um, the depth of the sharpened pencil is just about the depth that I need for my onions. So I make a little indent and then I drop two seeds in each and just close it over, um, which means hopefully um, we'll have a lovely even sort of crop that we can then take the plugs and sow them out in the garden. Wonderful. Can't wait to see that. Good luck continuing your careful planting. Thank you. So now I'm in the kitchen garden under the leafless boughs of our glorious turkey oak and I'm standing here in the February sunshine with Yoko and with Archie and what are you guys doing? Uh, We are planting shallots today. Lovely. And what makes a shallot a shallot and not an onion? A shallot is a bit smaller version of onion and uh, shallots got more kind of sweeter flavour and uh, yeah, easy to cook and I think, yeah. Oh, sounds absolutely delicious. And Archie, you're looking like you're doing a very specific task to each bulb before it goes in. What are you up to? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm currently cutting the shoots just so the birds don't uh, try and attack the shallots while they're in the soil. Excellent. Looks like doing a marvellous job. Tell me about, there's some interesting looking, um, almost like duck boards laid out across the length of the bed. What's what, what are you using those for? So we use the boards to walk across so that we don't put our footprints in the soil and compact the soil and, and ruin it. Beautiful. So I can see it's beautiful lines in and I can see the little kind of coppery brown tips of the the, the young shallots. When are you going to be harvesting them, Yoko? So I think it's ready to, uh, they're ready to harvest end of July, beginning of August, I think, yeah. Wonderful. Well, I can't wait to be eating some of those delicious bulbs. Thank you, Yoko. Thank you, Archie. Have fun. Have fun planting. I'm in the northernest bit of the northern gardens, sitting almost directly under a beautiful Magnolia Campbellii tree. It's one of the great plants of Heligan, I think. It's, I don't know, somewhere over 120 years old, I would imagine. It's about 40 foot high with a beautiful broad spread The base is, I don't know, maybe about 10 foot round, but it branches out, it breaks very quickly from the base, so there's there's three or four main trunks um, stretching up to the sky. At the moment it's covered with little tear-shaped buds. They're brown in colour and covered with a sort of soft fur, like little mice. And um, as they open, a rich pink 
nose pushes its way out and opens up into these beautiful cup and saucer pink flowers that look like smooth silk about the size of your hand. Absolutely gorgeous. And I'm sitting here waiting for Chris Kersey, supervisor of the Ornamental Gardens of Heligan, to come and join me and explain a little bit more about this beautiful tree. I am musing, Chris. I'm waiting. It's a wonderful sight of you striding towards me with a bucket full of camellias. <laughs> That's fantastic. What What are the camellias for? Uh, the feast night. Okay. So uh, they're cut for the tables for the feast night for decoration. Lovely. Where? Which? Which camellias have you have you snapped up? Well, I've stolen from the car park, so not as to take from the garden too much. But um, the pink one is very similar to Eugenie de Messina, which is the old um, one down Western Ride. Um, and then the pink is, is similar to Gladenance, which is the, the main flowering one up by the entrance. Beautiful. Thank you, Chris. So, Chris, we are beneath the spreading arms of the Magnolia Campbellii, which has a particular significance at the moment with its flowers as the great gardens of Cornwall um, hold this annual flower count for spring. So each of the, the great gardens have a historic Magnolia Campbellii, and once each one has more than 50 blooms on it, hurrah, it is spring in Cornwall. But Chris, there's more to this beautiful tree than that, and I just yeah. want to... Uh, for me, it's, it's such a, a sort of majestic old specimen it's one of the only ones in the northern gardens of that size of that age um and it, it you can see it from loads of different places within the garden um and also its aspect up here it's, it's a really peaceful little spot um but it's it's situated in a place where you can see they actually thought about what they were doing with its sequence of interests underneath there's a little rhododendron rearii which comes into flower a similar time, yeah, just and so. then that jumps on to two more rhodes, Sina Grande Falconeri, which flower just after these guys are finished. So it kind of has a nice continuation of interest, yeah. and it's it's a lovely link to Joseph Hooker, which is integral to our collection of old plants. A lot of Heligan's plants came from his expeditions, his collections. So it's intrinsic, really, to, mm. to that. So what is that, just out of interest, that connection between this magnolia and Sir Joseph Hooker? It was um, collected from Sikkim, northern India, mid-1800s, and a lot of big houses and estates were benefactors from that trip. They, they put a bit of money in, and from that they got plant material back. And Heligan's link is through the, the family marriage to the... Lemon family from Truro, and so they got plant material. The bulk of it, obviously, is, is our rhododendrons, but the magnolia was one of those plants. Um, it had been seen earlier than Hooker, um, but only a few herbarium specimens were taken, and, and they didn't really survive. So Joseph Hooker was the first credited to introduce it to Western science, really. So again, because of its age and its significant link, it, it's quite a special tree to us. Abs absolutely, Chris. And I also I like the fact that the fellow it's named after, Archibald Campbell, of course, had a strong link with 
Joseph Hooker as well. Yeah, he he kind of facilitated his expeditions. He was superintendent for Darjeeling, so through East India Company. He was positioned up in Darjeeling as a doctor, I believe. But because he spoke the language and he could sort of communicate well with the, the king at that time of Sikkim, he was hookers in, if you like, into the region and went on a, one of his expeditions where they, they both ended up in, in jail for a short oh, period of time. Good times. <laughs> they, were, they were quickly released without too much kerfuffle, but it did cause a bit of insult to the, the great old British Empire. And um, I think there was a bit of embargo put upon the region due to that that bit of imperial muscle yeah exactly exactly uh but yeah campbell was integral to to his successes in the region and so a lot of the plants are named after him no well and i i like i like the fact as well i believe dr campbell introduced tea to dodge yeah he's credited with with uh with that so um you know raise a cup we we all benefit from his uh (laughs) His uh, attributes there. Yeah. No, well, thank you, Chris. That's fascinating. And do you know what? I, I was going to say I could sit here for hours. <laughs> I think I'm going to sit here for hours. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. No worries. We're in the barn home farm at Heligan and we're continuing the theme of the promise of new things in 2022 and I'm here with Pip who is our farm manager and Pip we've got various of your close personal friends around us could you describe the scene? We are indeed in the barn at the moment. Surrounding us, we've got, well, actually eating your pocket currently, (laughs) are two of our golden Guernsey goats. So we've got Violet and her companion, Mr Finch. Violet's actually in today to get scanned to see whether we've got any kids due this spring, which we're quite excited about. And she's... I think not overly impressed by the whole situation. I think it's probably because it's coming up to tea time and um, she's beginning to eye up your jacket toggles more than anything. Who can uh, blame her? <laughs> so we've also got about oh, say about 40 of last year's lambs left in the barn here. We've just got those guys in for a red TLC. They've come in for some good food. Keep them out of the weather just to get them ready for whatever comes next, really. We've got some breeding stock. We've got some fattening stock. And they're just hanging out in here with us at the moment. Lovely. And there's there's someone else who is clearly not sheep nor goat. Ah, that'll be Tarquin. Tarquin and his long-suffering girlfriend, the turkeys. So people may have noticed if they've come to the garden lately that none of our poultry are currently on display. Unfortunately, with the bird flu outbreak that we've got when the migratory birds come over. In the winter, from sort of Europe and Siberia and Russia, we end up with a high risk at the moment of bird flu. So we've been advised by the government to house our poultry for the foreseeable future. So that takes us through till sort of springtime when the migratory birds disappear so Tarquin and his friend are hanging out in the barn with us at the moment you may hear him he likes to chip in every now and again just with his, his thoughts on the matter uh, we got the chickens are hanging out on summer house lawn in their new digs and our geese have actually been rehomed at the moment whilst we're doing some pretty extensive repair work on the uh, on the poultry orchard so it's all very exciting beautiful but back to our friends the golden guernsey goats 
Violet is coming for something special. She has indeed. So Violet went for a little cheeky romantic weekend away over Christmas. It will be the first time that we've actually bred goats here at Heligan. The Golden Guernseys are a rare breed of goat and we're lucky to have Violet here. So we're going to scan her today and see whether we've actually got some kids due, which is going to be really exciting for us. Excellent. Well, no further ado. There's a a fuzzy-looking screen tied up very neatly to one of the hurdles here. And Violet's looking very nonchalant about what's going on. I want to pretend for a moment that some cold jelly goes on her tummy. Okay. Hello, Violet. So we use an ultrasound scanner. Yep. Um, And we scan them from the outside. So we scan through the abdominal wall. So what am I looking at here? What we're looking at is all of this dark fluid here. Yeah. That's the fluid surrounding what is a baby goat. So she <laughs> Well is done, Violet. Fantastic news. What a clever girl. So we're at the end of February now, which means she's about eight weeks pregnant. And let's see if I can find a little face to say hi to us. Rib cage there. Oh my gosh. Little heartbeat. How amazing. So I think we've got two in there, which is really exciting. Wonderful. And when when can we expect to see them so springing around? She should be due at the end of May, which thankfully ties in quite nicely because through March and April we're going to be a little bit busy with lambing. We've then got some calves due at the end of April and then we shall have Violet producing her her kids and then we'll have piglets so we're going to have a really really busy spring fantastic um, how many how many sheep uh sheep how many lambs are we expecting <laughs> somewhere in the region of about 65 lambs due this wow. year which is which is really great so we're all getting ready and gearing up how fantastic and calves so all of our cows were in calf this year but we are going to sell a couple of them in calf just to bring our numbers down slightly. So we're only going to be carving down four of our Devon cows this year, but they should hopefully all have... Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. just so you know, Mr Finch just had a little nibble of Pip's shoulder there. But um. Um, So, yeah, hopefully we should have four healthy and happy calves on the floor come the end of May, wonderful. which would be wonderful. Excellent. So all the promise of joy to come, Pip, eh? <laughs> a little bit of hard work. A little work. bit hard work yeah. in between, but yes. Um, Wonderful. The joys of spring. It's the Thank best time you. of year for us. Thank you so much for sharing. And just fantastic to see that little heartbeat. Yeah. Wonderful. I'll see if I can get a little video and pop that up. So that'd, that'd be, great. be brilliant. All right. Thanks a lot, Pip. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Beauty in All Things, the Lost Gardens of Heligan podcast. For more information on this episode, do visit our website at heligan.com. In March, we'll be exploring more of the beautiful world of Heligan. And if you enjoyed this episode of Beauty in All Things, please don't forget to subscribe. Once again, thank you so much for listening.